Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. to the Authority Hacker Podcast today. I am back on the podcast. I wasn't here for two weeks, I think. We yeah. missed you. Yeah. I mean, looking at the downloads, it doesn't seem like anyone missed me, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still back. So we're going to talk today about something that um, a lot of people are afraid to do and a lot of people I have asked about, and that's rebranding and moving to another domain. And I'm especially looking at the people that, you know, followed more of the niche site model in the past and have a bunch of sites laying around and they're looking at the stuff we do and they're like, mm, that's just, you know, like I can't apply that stuff. And, you know, sometimes they need they need a rebranding. And so let's just first talk about like why people would rebrand. And, you know, one of the first reasons I just gave it away is the people that have some kind of like site that is just something like bestblenderhitechreview.info. And then they want to outreach to build links to their site. They want to try to do the White House stuff, but their site is not very credible. Yeah, just to be clear, it's not... Okay, in that instance, though, having a .info is, I think, always a bad bad choice. But it's that's not the point I think you're trying to get across. It's more the fact that it's like a visibly monetized, visibly kind of like the site is trying to sell you something from if you go to the homepage yeah. from the get-go. Yes, so that's one thing we do, right? It's like in order to make the sites easier to promote rather than promote, like saying we're going to review products, etc., which we do extensively, right? We angle the sites more at like, hey, we're helping people in this niche, you know? So like, you know, you go on health and mission, it doesn't say, hey, we're reviewing a bunch of supplements. It says, hey, we are going to help you make better health decisions, and, you know, when you outreach to people, when you present yourself, when you present your project, essentially, and ask them to promote it, it's a lot easier to ask someone to promote a site that's going to help you make healthier decisions than help you promote a site that's going to sell a bunch of pills to people, right? Right. Even as well, the people who are, you know, your customers, your users, the people who are visiting your site, if they trust you more as like an authority versus someone just trying to get some money out of them, then they're more likely to you know buy through you or click on your links or s- spend more time on your site. Yeah, it's you know regardless of what your monetization is, whether it's advertising or affiliate or especially products, actually, mm-hmm. it allows you to stand out from this kind of like low-level affiliate crowd and like you know have this mission statement, have this purpose as a company, which gets you people to buy into it and including people linking to you including people sharing your stuff etc and that's why i do know a lot of readers have these kind of like best blender review.com or dot co or dot net or dot org or whatever sites that they can't do that with and and that's the people that i'm thinking about when we're doing this podcast because that's the main reason i gain credibility but there are other reasons as well right it's like for example Let's say, let's keep taking the example of that Blender review site. Is that an uh, actual site? Or no. Just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just writing the notes and I came up with that because it's the kind of products that these sites will review. Right. And so, you know, another thing is, let's say you've made your Blender review site and when you started, you didn't expect much, right? You were like, well, you know, it's enough, etc. But now you've hit a point where you're making, you know, a few thousand dollars a month, maybe, or even a few hundred dollars a month. 
but you kind of run out of interesting keywords because you've niched down so much, right? Or maybe you're like, you know, blend best blenders for babyfood.info or whatever, whatever it is. But you've essentially maxed out. You can still write more, but these things you can write about, they don't present as much as an opportunity as the stuff you've already written about. And that's kind of like the decline of marginal return on an extra piece of content on your site. And that's when you essentially saturated your niche and rebranding is a good solution to that. So, so let's say in that case, it might be if you're to take the blender example, maybe you'd want to start reviewing like juicers or if I was rebranding in that case, I would brand up to broaden up. Right. So I wouldn't just add juicers, but I'd, I'd rebrand to say we're going to review kitchen accessories, you know? Yeah, sure. And then then blenders, your whole previous site becomes a category of that new site and then you have the opportunity to expand to all these other things so rebranding is like it, i would highly highly recommend doing that in that case so that you can find stuff you can put on your site that's as exciting in terms of opportunities as the stuff you've already written about and so you can maintain or speed up your growth essentially so that's another reason why i would you know rebrand to essentially expand my niche in an opposite way, you can also rebrand to niche down, you know. So let's say you've, you've done a broad site and 80% of it went to shit. And often that's what happens. Like people do a site, it just doesn't work out, it's laying around for years, it's making like a few hundred bucks here and there, etc. But, you know, one category of that site has huge potential. It's just like because the site on its overall is a failure like you're not really working on this and it just feels like you're not going to be as competitive as the competition maybe like taking that one category and rebranding it into its own site is also an opportunity for you to niche down to something that's profitable and essentially you know get on the same foot as the competition that is only focusing on that category uh, it's actually something we're considering with some sites right now essentially like rebranding down on some broader sites so that is, you know, another reason why you would want to rebrand, essentially. And the reason why, and the overwhelming reason for that is like, you know, why aren't you starting a new site in that case, in either way? And the reason why is because when you rebrand, if you do it properly, even with a new domain name, you can, you know, actually maintain your rankings and traffic like 99.9% .9 of the time. And it's something that used to be very shaky in the past, you know, like uh, I'm sure a lot of people have heard a lot of horror stories of like three, four, five years ago when people like changed domain name and it didn't really work out. Google didn't really pick up on that. And it did happen, right? And, and all the traffic was gone or like the traffic was cut in half or whatever. It was really bad, right? But since that, there's an initiative that Google has been pushing very hard, which is the move to HTTPS, right? So... We've talked about it in other podcasts, and essentially, you know, moving to HTTPS is is exactly the same thing in the eyes of Google as changing domain name. So even though it doesn't look that way, it's essentially technically the same thing. It's just a different address, and because so many sites, you know, have been pushed by Google to move to HTTPS, Google has done a much, 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 much better job lately. At handling domain change as well, right? So you still branding... hear some stories though of people. I don't know whether it's because they're doing it wrong though, or because of some uh, some other reason. But I still see quite a few s stories of people who are moving to HTTPS, like who have big traffic drop-offs and stuff. Well, I mean, the ones I've seen on H Pro, they did it wrong. 
what kind uh, of reasons for doing it wrong? I mean, when I mean, sometimes like people use random plugins, right? And then it's like setting up a 302 redirect instead of a 301 redirect. 301 redirect within being permanent redirect, which passes link authority, you know? Mm-hmm. And 302 redirect being a temporary redirect, which Google essentially ignores, right? So it treats the page that it goes crawled as a 404 if it's 302 redirects. So, like, you know, there's small nuances that if you do it wrong, it's going to really, really fuck you up. But if you do it right, I mean, I've seen a few H Pro members having issues and then recover as soon as they fix it, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I've seen, and that still does happen, like temporary traffic drops, like a week or two of traffic drop and then go back to where it was, you know? Mm-hmm. But we've actually done that. So, like, we had smaller niche sites that we consolidated into health ambition, not that, like in, I think, in December. And we moved, I think, 40 pieces of content, quite a bit, like just enough for how to have a decent sample size. And all of them today are ranking exactly the same or higher than they used to be on the old site, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of moving things properly. And we're going to talk about the technical side of it really soon, actually. So overall, yeah, the, the transfer, the moving domains I've seen from my experience, from talking to a lot of H4 members, etc., a lot less issues than there was a few years ago. But the problem is, like, when people go read the forums, etc., you know, people are still bringing up these stories, you know. And arguably so, you know, the same way we bring up the stories of being penalized for doing gray hat, etc. The truth is, maybe it has changed. I have no idea. But essentially, like, stories from a few years ago, you know, bring, like, essentially scare people off when my feeling from having moved a lot of sites to HTTPS lately from having moving content from domain to domain, from seeing a lot of people moving, making mistakes and fixing them and go, and essentially getting all their traffic back, there's definitely a feeling of Google doing it much better. Actually, I guess it's it one up- of those. I guess it's one of those things as well that you're more likely to post about it if you have a bad experience. Where if you do it successfully, it's not as if you like going and sharing that with the with the world all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. why would you? You know. Yeah, and actually now in a webmaster's tool, there is a form that you can fill to say, hey, I've moved my domain from this domain to this domain. You verify both domains in webmaster's tool. And essentially, like it's telling Google directly, hey, I've just re- moved my domain. So you do that on top of Sure One redirecting, and it works perfectly fine. you know. And you need to do that for HTTPS, and that's one of the things people don't do. you know. So if you do all the steps, like I am not worried at all about moving domains anymore. And that gives you a degree of flexibility that's really, really good in the sense that your content is a lot more fluid, right? You can move it from property to property, like in the angle that makes the most sense for you. And that's one of the things I like about, uh, one of the pros that I think about that is that you can, you know, as you build sites, and Health Permission is definitely a prime example of that. You learn a lot. And you figure out that you've made a bunch of mistakes that are sometimes hard to fix. And for example, how the mission site structure is definitely something that's very hard to fix right now for us. And being able to rebrand, move this content around, etc. sometimes, it gives you the sensation of a fresh feeling and a fresh start, essentially redoing things right, right while maintaining you know, all the effort you've done for link building, all the effort you've done for content creation, et cetera, et cetera. And so it feels like you're not starting from scratch, but you get the benefits of starting from scratch. And that's, you know, not only good for things like site structure or even just design and branding, but also it's good for your motivation, right? So when you've been working on a failing project, but, you know, a small part has been working, then you can just take that part, rebrand, 
and get going as your new project. And that has a much bigger chance of being successful because you've already proven somewhat that with your felt project. So that's, you know, the, the pros of this rebranding, this moving domain move, etc. And as I said, since you don't lose the links, it really like it's not like you you have to restart the link building from scratch, which is the main hurdle of like having a new domain going, right? The cons of it is definitely the short-term shakiness. As I said, it can happen. It can happen that you, your traffic will drop drastically for like a week or two or something. I've never seen it not recover when we've done it properly. But it's true that, you know, you're going to have to do that. At the same time, I think that in the long term, if you're rebranding properly, you know, dropping traffic for two weeks is definitely worth it. It's not a big deal, actually. Especially if it was like a failed project. If it was a successful product, yeah, it's probably going to cost you money. But like, it would cost you money to also not actually grow your domain. So I look at it as a cost either way. Uh, How do you feel about about the whole rebranding thing? I mean, never having actually done it myself, I'd say I'm a bit apprehensive about the uh, SEO traffic side of things, like, and the, the impact there. And I can definitely understand people's reservations by, you know, um, worrying if, especially after reading some of these sort of horror stories, if you're going to call them that, I can definitely understand why people would be nervous about doing that. But I mean, I trust what you say about this. So if you're telling me that it's going to work as long as you follow your instructions, then I believe you. Yeah. I mean, look, we've moved to HTTPS without issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, essentially, technically, it's, it's, I mean, I'm pretty sure Google has like special rules now for HTTPS just because it's so prevalent, you know, but technically it's basically the same thing. So if you do it properly, I think, I think you're fine. I'm actually very excited of doing more of these kind of like rebranding and moving content around in a more fluid manner in the future. I think, I think that's, yeah, that's going to be exciting. And if you look at like really big, um, really big properties, they do that a lot. Like about.com does that a lot, right? So about.com now is dismantling about.com and building niche sites essentially because nobody was subscribing to email list or about.com, et cetera. And so they're building more branded stuff. It seems to be working really well for them. If you go and check, if you have Ahrefs, just go and put them into Ahrefs and look at all the redirects they have right now and how they're moving stuff around. It's very interesting. And, yeah, it, uh, ma- it makes a lot of sense in their case because I-, I guess when you want to find out like the answer to a question, you don't go to about.com, you go to Google. Yeah. And if about.com happens to rank, then you might click on them in that case. But if you're interested in Labrador puppies or something, you might have your favorite dog site or Labrador site or puppy site that you you will go to. And because you kind of trust that that's the single source of information where you're the single place where you, you can go to get all your information about that topic. But if you don't sort of have such a place in mind, then you just go to Google. So they're kind of like sidestepping that in a way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to go past Google, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one thing that really interests me as well is the way I'm seeing this. So, like, if, if Google goes in a way to make this a lot more fluid and a lot more easy to, to move around, right, mm-hmm. then you could almost imagine your content's going to become a liquidity, right? A liquidity that can be bought and sold for money. So, essentially, you can imagine that the, internet's got the, the content site market is going to become a giant marketplace where pieces of content has varying value, and you can just offer to buy and sell stuff. So imagine, like, we're like Atari Hacker, and we're like, oh, like, we'd love to rank for that keyword. We can either, let's say we want to rank for, I don't know, like, backlink tools, because we haven't done the review yet for uh, link building tools. Well, imagine there's a really, really good review out there on a not-so-successful blog, right? 
I could go there and I could say, hey, I'll give you $1,000 or $2,000, probably more because it's a review keyword, but like whatever. And I'll just put that piece of content on my site and you'll sure it won't redirect it to my site. So I get all the backlinks and everything. How is that not just buying links though? Not really. You're buying like you're you're buying the content like the content that under links, right? Yeah, but I mean, asking someone to no, it's it's common practice actually. It happens a lot, you know. Like if you look at Neil Patel's NutritionSecrets.com, his case study, he literally just sold it to another site right now, and all the content has moved actually. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's, it's, it's like acquisition it's, of websites, you know, like partial acquisition of websites. Yeah, so okay, fair enough. Like, in and out, if you buy a website, you are buying the links from that as well because exactly. those are an asset from it. But if you get down to going for individual pieces, then I don't know. I don't think it's a problem for Google because Google wants you to not cheat to get links, right? They want the content to earn the links. If the uh-huh. content hasn't been gray hatted initially, then and eventually you're buying the content that on these links, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not cheating the system. You're not tricking people into linking to you when they don't want to, you know? Yeah. So you're essentially just moving that content domain, but that content itself is the content that on the links, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I would need to uh, need to think about this one a little bit more. I think that's there's definitely some gray areas or potential gray areas. I'm, I'm actually, I actually don't believe it. Otherwise, merging sites would be gray hat, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you're getting but, down to the level where people are, because what's going, what's clearly going to happen there is people are just going to start, you know, content farms and then start selling off. Oh, hey, we have all these backlinks to this one article about this, and then there'll be some, there'll be sections on, you know, SEO forums about it, and then it'll be a big race to the bottom, and then Google will do something about it. Yeah, but that's the same with buying and selling sites. Essentially, that's what's happening already. It's just it's happening on um, a bigger level for the whole domain. You know. Mm-hmm. Like there's already marketplaces and everything, but people essentially buy them because of the authority and yeah. like you know, so I would like you know do things and it's exactly the same thing. Imagine if it's like let's just take two minutes for that and then after that we'll jump back on the topic. But let's imagine like the, let's take health ambition, right? Mm-hmm. And then let's take a site just about juicing, right? Mm-hmm. So how would it be cool to buy the site about juicing and redirect it, but not cool to buy the category of juicing on health ambition and redirect it? So this is why I'm saying it's a gray area because it feels like you have to draw the line somewhere. Uh, yeah. Because uh, if you're just buying, you know, one article because it has backlinks to get the backlinks only, then yeah. But the article itself, like uh, Google, doesn't care doesn't care so much about property. They care about non-deserving content getting links. That's why the, that's the problem with buying links. Is the content never deserved them in the first place? You know. Mm-hmm. Because it's not helping the searcher. Google's intent is to help the searcher, right? And to make sure that high quality content ranks so people keep using them and people click on that. So if that content has not broken the rules ever and always and it's just a great piece of content people has have linked to because it's great and you buy it, you're not breaking that intent Google has, you know? I get your point. I still think it's a bit of a gray area. <laughs> I would stop short of advising people to do that, basically. Okay, I actually think it's fine, provided you don't, you know, alter the content. Like, there's also all the gray area of, like, you know, altering content after it got links. Is it cool to, like, for me, it's more gray hat for Google to take a piece of content, make it great, get a bunch of links naturally to it, and then alter it to monetize it heavier than it is to buy a great piece of content, not alter it, and move it to your site. Yeah, okay, I think we're getting a bit off topic yes. in terms of rebranding, though. 
it's okay. It was a short podcast anyway. So <laughs> let's let's just jump onto another con. Actually, that if we jump back on that, it's like I think the another con is um, rebranding can take a lot of time and effort, and that's effort you could have put somewhere else. So it's kind of like a missed opportunity con. You know, it's like it's it's not because of the rebranding. It's just because you're doing something that unless it brings significant value to your to what you're doing, uh, you could have done something better with your time. Which I would also yeah. say that if you don't complete the project so if you just like do you can't really do half a re half of a rebrand otherwise that's really going to hurt you so when you start you have to you know commit to it and finish it yeah so let's talk quickly about how to do it now that we've kind of exposed like why you should consider it and a bunch of other debates that we probably would have needed to do a podcast about so how to i guess it depends largely on like what it's changing with that rebranding right so if you're giving the site exactly the same it's super easy, actually. All you need to do, we use Cloudflare for our uh, DNS, domain name servers, which is essentially pointing, you know, the string of letters that compose your domain name, so atarihacker.com, to the IP of your server. We use Cloudflare, which is a free DNS service slash CDN content delivery network that speeds up your site and secures it a little bit. And you don't even need to maintain hosting for your old domain. You just need to use the page rules inside Cloudflare to do a 301 wildcard redirect, it's called. Essentially, what it does is it takes, let's say it was atoryhacker.com slash one that is going to move it to new domain slash one. It's going to just redirect it there. And then the URL is atoryhacker.com slash two is going to move it to, Atari, to new domain slash two. And it's going to do that for every URL on the site. So if your URL structure does not change, if you maintain that, then that's the easiest way to move it. And that can be done in like very little. Like you just need to like duplicate your domain on the new domain and then just do that thing in Cloudflare and then go on the webmasters tool, as I said, and fill the site moved form in there and then resubmit a sitemap for the new domain so it gets indexed. And that's it. That's all you need to do. It's it once you know how to do it, like I can do it in like everything in like 30 minutes maybe. Uh, including moving the site, mm-hmm. duplicating it, it's very quick. That's if nothing changes, right? Or at least, you know, if you're initially going to put a copy of your website on the new domain and then change it after, you know? If not, if you like, if for example, you had a juicing site and you're doing a broader site like we do on Health Ambition, you're broadening your niche essentially, then that's a lot more work. And that's when I say, like, you know, maybe there's something better to do with your time because you're going to need to, especially if the URLs change, you're going to need to individually redirect the links. So every single page, right? And so I highly recommend people actually do a Google Drive spreadsheet with each URL of their site. So, you know, you go grab your sitemap from your sitemap plugin. We use Yoast at the moment and it works. And then you put them in the, in the sitemap and then you, in front of it, you put the new URL. And what you do is you essentially put the new site, you, you build it, but you no index it. So you can do that also with yours. There's actually, no, you can do it in WordPress. There's an option in settings general that says discourage uh, search engines from indexing the website. So you tick that box and you just build your new site essentially. And you can even move the, the content. There's no issue with duplicate content because Google is not going to crawl it. So you just build it, you move these things wherever you want, etc. You get it in shape to be launched in no index, right? Once it's ready, then that's when you want to individually redirect each URL. Now, you know, there are plugins that allow you to do redirects in WordPress, but that would mean that you need to maintain your hosting 
right? You still need the WordPress installed on the old domain, so you need to maintain the hosting. And most importantly, it's much slower because it needs to start rendering WordPress and say, ah, oh, it's redirected, and then just redirect it. So the best way to do that is through your domain name server, the thing I talked about, except that if you're using a free account on Cloudflare, they only allow you for three free redirects, essentially. So it works if you're redirecting all URLs in one rule, you know, like the WorldCard redirect I mentioned earlier. But if you need to redirect every individual page, it's like it's going to cost you money. It's not worth it. Personally, if I was in that situation, I would move my DNS to Amazon Cloud Server, like the, like the Amazon Web Services. They're usually very, very affordable, and it's called Amazon Route 53 DNS. Essentially, that gives you like a professional interface to essentially manage all these 301 redirects, etc. It's going to cost you very little money. Like it's very comparable to like Amazon S3, etc. So yeah, I'd rather do that than use WordPress. You could use a free like redirection plugin on WordPress, etc. But the redirects are most likely going to be much slower because it's starting to essentially render the domain before you actually before you actually redirect people. So once you have done that, once you have used the, I recommend Amazon Route 53, I would fill a form in Webmaster Tool for, let's say, scale of my domain, and I would resubmit the site on the new site, and then everything should be fine, essentially. But the second one, where essentially you're, you're changing the URL mapping, yeah, it's going to take, it could be a few weeks of work, essentially. So does that scare you up, Mark? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess that was basically it for like the rebranding, moving to another domain. I actually think, especially when you have sites that are plateauing or when there's like, you know, opportunities on, on very nearby niches to what you're doing. So like the blenders, maybe you can review the juices as well, for example, as you said. I think it's a good opportunity. Like it's, you know, if you compare to the other things you could do for that best blender review info. That's the highest value activity once you've plateaued with your stuff, you know. So, for, and I know a lot of people have been thinking about that. So, yeah, if you have these niche sites, you can actually take all the work you've put in there and start authority sites from their content, from their links, and brand it properly and do all the stuff we talk about in the other podcasts and the posts. So, basically, that's it for me. Any final words of wisdom, Mark? No, not really. All right, cool. Do we have a question? Yeah, we do. So uh, we're back on the Ask Us Anything questions. You guys can go to authorityhacker.com forward slash ask and submit your question there. And quite a few people do uh, submit their voice, voice recordings of questions recently. So we'll start doing them again, I think, from next week. But you can, basically, you guys can ask us a question about anything, usually online marketing, but it can be like anything else. And this week, we actually have someone who asked us a non-online marketing question. So... Janine Suvak asks us, what is your favorite pub in Budapest? Okay. What is your... <laughs> I don't go that to was, a lot of was, these. Like, that was a really enthusiastic uh, sound you just made there. No, I just had, I just had the image of the stack parties, etc. And, uh, you know, it's fun when you come here for the weekend, but when you leave here, you learn to hate them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, favorite, I mean, the classic would be like simpler, you know? Anchored is really good too, I guess. My favorite I'm... one is a, a really small, like, so basically all of the big bars in Budapest are quite sort of touristy. And I, I don't know, maybe it's because I lived there for a while, like, don't think they're as good as they used to be. My favorite bar, my favorite pub, which, uh, you know, is generally somewhere you go for beer, is uh, a place called Hops. It's like a small, out of the way beer bar. They have like 120 different kinds and is kind of a bit of a rundown place, but it's pretty good. 
So I'd recommend that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm literally not drinking or going out much lately. Let's check on the map, actually. I think it's called Sesende Vintage Bar and Cafe. It's next to Karolikert, and I quite like it, actually, in the sense that it's more local, actually. So you should check it out. It's a bit run down, like a ruined bar, Budapest style, but it's in a nice district, so the crowd is not the classic stack party dudes, which are not my favorite crowd anymore. All right. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.